You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, this is Tim Rice, and this is episode 63 of Get Onto My Cloud. Continuing my look at the first ever Joseph recording, starring David Daltrey as Joseph, the excellent 60s pop group The Mixed Bag, and a Colic Court School Choir, which I began in Get Onto My Cloud, episode 62, still extremely available somewhere in the ether, I'm enjoying taking a closer butcher's at my lyrics to see what alterations I might have made were I to write the show today. I still wish I'd got Jacob's sons in the right chronological order in the opening number, But by and large, most of what's on the album Andrew and I recorded in 1968 holds up pretty well. Of course, numbers like One More Angel in Heaven and Those Canaan Days aren't on that record, simply because they hadn't been written yet. We had no idea back then that Joseph would ever progress beyond being a choral work for primary schools like Colic Court, and 30 minutes was about the right length of show for a music teacher to have a chance of knocking his charges into shape for an end-of-term concert. 30 minutes was also about the maximum that parents will be able to sit through. However, the first school concert of Joseph had gone down so well with the Colic Court mums earlier in the year, hardly any dads there on a Friday afternoon, we could have undoubtedly got away with more than the mere 20 minutes that the performance lasted. As it turned out, Joseph went down so well, we had to perform the whole thing twice. When we were fortunate enough to get a recording deal for Joseph, Andrew and I needed to expand the work to fill up both sides of a long-playing record, which meant 30 minutes minimum. This meant the extension of some songs and the inclusion of brand new ones. We ended up with 30 minutes and 53 seconds. This was achieved primarily with the addition of a song for Potiphar, which, like many of Andrew's memorable melodies and orchestrations for Joseph, managed simultaneously to be in a different style from other numbers, and yet very much part of a seamlessly coherent whole. We already had a 1950s Elvis spoof in the show, but the successful insertion of Potiphar, 
with its affectionate nod to 1920s dance music into the mix, was perhaps the move that made us realise the style of the show could be an amalgam of tributes to many styles of popular music. But as I always bang on about, story is king, more important even than Elvis. Looking back at Potiphar today, I think I'd give the words 8 out of 10. There's an impure rhyme, pyramids, and did. And the line, cool and so fine, is a little weak, but saved by a good gag about Genesis chapter 39. And the payoff, I don't believe in free love, is fun. But then again, the man who became our manager and mentor, before the word mentor ever came into fashion, David Land, always said that it was a line about buying shares in pyramids that convinced him we were worth investigating. He didn't worry about the impure rhyme. Close Every Door to Me is the one truly serious moment in Joseph. It's a good song, but it depends on its success on strong performance more than many of the lighter scenes do. And I'm glad to say the 16-year-old David Daltrey delivered for us first time out. every door to me hide all the world from me bar all my windows and shut out the light do what you want with me hate me and laugh at me darken my daytime and torture my night if my life were important, I would ask, will I live or die? But I know the answers lie far from this world. Close every door to me, keep those I love from me. Children of Israel are never alone. Although Close Every Door works fine in that original version, 
it now has an extra verse beginning, just give me a number instead of my name, forget all about me and let me decay. I do not matter, I'm only one person. Destroy me completely and throw me away. The tune is easily strong enough to carry an additional stanza or two. There was no intention within the song to make any unsubtle reference to contemporary political matters, albeit Middle East tensions were as complex in 1968 as they are 50 years later. Nonetheless, the mention of Israel has led to the occasional contretemps, notably a few years ago in New Zealand, when a multi-school broadcast performance of Joseph changed the lyric, Children of Israel, to Children of Kindness. I cannot begin to imagine what Children of Kindness are, but this was clearly a feeble attempt at some sort of political correctness. When I objected, those responsible said, in that case, they would not perform the song at all. I said, the show could not be performed without this major number, and I was not at all worried if the show did not go ahead. I understand it did in the end go ahead with the correct lyric. Children of kindness. Children of Kidderminster would have made more sense. I used Close Every Door as part of my defence in an argument when I agreed to go on a television programme in New York to defend Jesus Christ Superstar against ridiculous charges of anti-Semitism. The programme was a strange semi-chat show hosted by Leonard Nimoy, the Spock of Star Trek, who ditched the Spock ears when in TV presenter mode. It was September 1971, and the record album of Superstar had recently been number one in the United States. The Broadway show was imminent, and the advanced publicity for the show led to quite a few well-organised protesters complaining about the content of the work, i.e. the lyrics. I did not know whether to be flattered or frightened by this, and mused that it was strange we hadn't had too much hassle in this regard as a result of the album's massive reach into all parts of the Union. A few nutters, but nothing official. On the Nimoy programme to confront me was a rabbi representing the American Jewish Committee. He, or they, had compiled a hefty document which concluded that Superstar, quote, unambiguously lies the primary responsibility for Jesus' suffering and crucifixion to the Jewish priesthood, unquote, and found evidence of anti-Semitism throughout the work. A fair chunk of the Leonard Nimoy show consisted of Leonard reading his less-than-gripping poetry, but during the brief exchanges the rabbi and I were allowed, I made a fair fist of establishing my anti-anti-Semitic credentials by quoting Close Every Door from Joseph and pointing out that, as both victim and oppressors in Superstar were Jewish, it was illogical to argue that we were siding with the bad guys. I never got into the more complex point, that our Jesus, just like the Bible's Jesus, had plenty of opportunity to avoid his earthly fate, but accepted what he felt to be his destiny. In other words, he was largely responsible for his own mortal end. Neither did I get the chance to point out, cliché though it be, that many of my best friends, many involved with the Superstar production, were Jewish. It was unlikely that my American critics had ever heard or heard of Close Every Door at that time. But I always feel that if your standpoint is assaulted from both sides, you are probably doing something right. The rabbi and I would have been as one versus the New Zealanders' censorship attempt. On that Nimoy talk show, I was very grateful to Close Every Door. I don't think children of kindness would have helped me much in that argument. Anyway, back to 1968 and the original record. The Song of the King, Pharaoh's Big Number, was a showstopper from the first school concert onwards. 
It's been tried in a non-Elvis style, but frankly, it only works with the full Presley treatment. I remember a fine-souled singer giving Farrah the James Brown treatment in Philadelphia, which was one of the very few occasions when the number was not encored. On our original album, I had the chance to show off my Elvis impression, mainly because I was cheap and available. I featured my mercifully brief interpretation in Get Onto My Cloud, episode four. Seems a long time ago. Back then, in 1968, the only dream Pharaoh had had was seven fat cows being eaten by thin ones. In later versions, he also had a dream about corn and a middle eight. Pharaoh's number usually gets reprised at least twice, which is at least one reprise too many. But I must admit, audiences can't seem to get enough of it. In an attempt to give Pharaoh something else to do, and possibly encourage directors not to reprise seven fat cows seven times, Andrew and I wrote a second Elvis-inspired number for The King, this time a ballad rather than a 1957-type rocker, in which Pharaoh wonders why he's not loved as much as he feels he should be. Entitled King of My Heart, it was first included in the West End Joseph revival of 2007, sung in magnificent Presley style by Dean Collinson. The original Pharaoh song had included mentions of Elvis' hits, Don't Be Cruel and All Shook Up, and I Beg of You, and I Think That's When Your Heartaches Begin. King of My Heart included no less than 14 more. Count them, Elvis fans. Oh, I know they treat me nice Any place is paradise when I walk in the room They tell me they need me Pretending it's burning love And way, way down I feel so bad My heart is cold and sad As silent as a tomb what can a fool such as I do to earn their love? It's all too much. They won't let me be. I must escape the wonder of me. I feel I'm acting in a play. Every line I'm forced to say foretells impending doom. I'm playing for keeps, but I know I must learn my heart. Learn to be king of my heart. Lordy, 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 how I yearn to be king of my heart. You know, one day somebody will say All the world's a stage Well, my world has always been a stage And fate, well, fate has made me lonesome tonight I won't surrender to suspicious minds The tide that binds 
from shallow things From a lonely world of kings From a world of golden bloom I'll follow that dream Make a tender and brand new start Then I'll be king of my heart loved you people. Always have, always will. Dean Collinson as an angst-ridden pharaoh. I loved that being included in the show, but possibly at that stage in the story, we need to race on to the climax, and as far as I'm aware, it hasn't made it into any subsequent productions. In the highly improbable scenario of my being asked to direct a production of Joseph somewhere, and even more improbably if I agreed to do it, I'd like to include King of My Heart. By the way, the hits in King of My Heart were Treat Me Nice, Any Place is Paradise, Burning Love, Way Down, I Feel So Bad, A Fool Such As I, Too Much, The Wonder of You, slightly altered to The Wonder of Me, Are You Lonesome Tonight, Playing for Keeps, Surrender, Suspicious Minds, Follow That Dream, and a semi-nod to Love Me Tender. Joseph, of course, ends with Any Dream Will Do, which, even before it became a number one hit record, thanks to Jason Donovan, was one of the best-known songs from any British musical. My only lyrical worry here has been the impure rhyme of beginning and dimming, but try as I may, I haven't found a better true rhyming couplet to illustrate the full circle of the dreamer wanting to return to his, or her, dream rather than face reality. However, even the great Paul Simon rhymed friend and again at the top of Sounds of Silence. I think I may be ploughing a lonely furrow, always looking for perfect rhymes. But these days, I'm stuck in it. The dreamer preferring dreams to reality is perhaps rather a heavy interpretation of such a popular, and on the face of it, cheerful song. But it's unlike the rest of the show in that it's non-specific, abstract, even open to different interpretations. I do get the odd communication asking what I was on about in Any Dream Will Do. An apparently upbeat melody, coupled with a darker lyric, is often a powerful combination, as Bjorn and Benny have proved countless times with ABBA's superb catalogue. Despite the pessimistic undertones to the words of Any Dream Will Do, any doubts or unhappiness in the song have always been swept away by the triumphant music and, of course, the happy ending. Joseph is a positive and optimistic story. Incidentally, the first person to have a hit with Any Dream Will Do was none other than Max Bygraves, number one in Australia in 1972. I often wonder if Joseph will ever be altered or expanded yet again. At times we've said, that's it. It's been a full-length musical extravaganza, admittedly thanks to the longest curtain call stroke megamix of all time, Filmed direct-to-TV video starring Maria Friedman and Donny Osmond, with mini-guest appearances by Joan Collins and Dickie Attenborough. It's been performed in literally thousands of schools and by hundreds of amateur theatrical companies, and in quite a few foreign languages. Although Joseph, using so much English wordplay and slang, is far harder to translate or adapt 
than most operas or musicals, including most of our other shows. Right now, I don't feel like saying, that's it, as I know whatever happens to the piece down the line, even, or especially, after Andrew and I both shuffled off this mortal coil, the original spirit and simplicity of the school versions will keep going. There have been quite a few attempts to produce a major new film version, both animated and live action, and things look quite promising on that front at the moment. And I do keep thinking of possible and plausible extensions to the story. For starters, Joseph had a sister named Dinah, a good name for rhymes. And despite the vital importance of the female narrator to any interpretation, a non-token addition of a woman to the story would not go amiss. Watch this space, I guess. I have for 54 years. I close my eyes Through back the curtain To see for certain What I thought I knew Far, far away Someone was weeping But the world was sleeping Any dream will do I warm my coat with golden lining, bright colors shining, wonderful and new. And in the the dawn was breaking as the world was waking. Any dream. Darkness, my old friend I've come to talk with you again Because a vision softly creeping Left its seeds while I was sleeping And the vision that was planted in my brain Still remains within the sound of silence In restless dreams I walked alone Narrow streets of cobblestone Neath the halo of a street lamp I turned my collar to the cold and damp When my eyes were stared By the flash of a neon light To split the night the sound of silence And in the naked light I saw Ten thousand people, maybe more People talking without speaking People hearing without listening People writing songs That voices never share no one dared disturb the sound of silence. Fools said, I, you do not know. Silence like a cancer grows. Hear my words that I might teach you. Take my arms that I might reach you. But my words like silence. 
Episode 63 of Get On To My Club, written and presented by me, Tim Rice, and produced, as ever, by Peter Holt. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.